Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 27, Remarkable Marketing. Welcome to the podcast today. Well, who am I? I'm Cypher and or Jesse, you get it. Today we have Ventus Official. Now, if you don't recognize that name, you should. Ventus is in a lot of Twitch chats and drops all the comments and the such. So if you don't recognize Ventus Official because of that, maybe you are a big Turn Down for Walt fan. Maybe you are turned down for Walt listening to this and are very much aware of who Ventus Official is. But if you like Walt's videos, if you like the content that he puts out, if you like the Wannabes podcast and all their stuff that they're putting out, videos, the podcast itself, et cetera, then you know who Ventus Official is. And that's who we have today. So please enjoy my interview with Ventus Official. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by Ventus Official, marketing extraordinaire. Ventus, how you doing? I'm doing well. I didn't know I was a marketing extraordinaire, but I'll take it. (laughs) You have dabbled, as they say, and you do support a couple of other Melee content creators in 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 that realm of saying, how can we make you go far and wide throughout the internet. So I I know a little bit about that, but I'm excited to learn more as you feel comfortable sharing, of course. I think the best place to start, though, is a little bit more towards the beginning. If you don't mind, what was it about Melee or another sort of maybe perhaps marketing? You can pick Melee or marketing. How about that? Which one you want to talk about and just talk about when that became more meaningful to you at the beginning? I think marketing, YouTube marketing or content marketing is an easier place to start because I feel like by the time I got to Melee is really when the ball was like actually rolling. Um, So I guess to start it off for, I got really more into marketing because first Ventus Official, my name actually comes because I used to own a clothing brand with my friend Walt and I would do the marketing for it. So I just like really learned a lot about marketing in that time. I was like 18 or 19. Um, And also I'm that type of person who would always love to share YouTube videos with people. Like I'd always, I was the super share, they call it back in the days where there are like stats. Some people would share, like some people would share videos like once or twice, but most shares from videos would come from one person multiple times and i was that one person who would share a video to like everybody i knew and be like oh my gosh check this out isn't it awesome um and then through that i just got better at figuring out ironically like both of those things separately i just got better at figuring out like oh this is like this is how to like make a video sound appealing to people. This is what I like about a video. This is how to like make it sound good to different types of people. Um, Cause at the time I just really wanted to show people what I really liked about videos and like share that experience with other people. And then that just ended up leading me to marketing on YouTube. Very cool. Let's talk about a few videos over the years that especially stand out to you that you not only super shared, but maybe platinum shared or super, super shared, super duper shared. How about that? The one video that comes to mind for me, this is a bit of a pool, but I think you would remember this since you were an internet native at the time. 
the Susan Boyle audition on Britain's Got Talent. Do you remember sharing the crap out of that video? I do. Also, the dancing crew, the dance team that won that season. They did win. I, I remember their audition as well. Yeah, that was definitely... I de- that actually is definitely one that I super shared um, just because I thought it was so cool. Um, other ones, I guess Brian Regan's early comedy days, like with stick figure com like stick figure videos. Oh, um, I didn't know that he did those. The Brian Regan sketch that I remember was the spelling bee and somebody superimposed the audio from that onto video footage from the Lion King where Brian Regan's doing the spelling bee thing. The teacher was Scar. He's young Simba. It was hilarious. Oh, I haven't. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Actually, can you send that to me after this? Is over? <laughs> I don't. Out. You know, I'd be so I'd be surprised if it were on YouTube at this point. Still, you know how that copyright thing works? They just go backwards and search into like the early 2010s and go, "This is the no fun league now. Get that video out of here." But I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, the, well, definitely the definitely the Brian Regan bits. Recently, Core A gaming videos. Um, obviously people who I'm associated with, but that's kind of unfair because I'm associated with them. Um, Corey gaming documentaries. Um, the last one that I did was why you should play fighting games. It's by cosmic variety hour. I think, um, it's just this guy who does videos about things that he really enjoys. And usually if it's content, like, this is really cool and this is like why it's really cool i love that type of content even if it, i'm not interested in it i just like seeing oh this is why this person thinks it's so cool and then it kind of like rubs off on me and i get super excited about it okay so i think i may have actually found the original video it's 13 years old it's 13 years old Whoo! <laughs> so i'm pretty sure that is the right one so lion king mixed with brian regan comedy you love to see it <laughs> Another thing that I'm thinking of right now that we can talk a little bit about as much as you want to, are you familiar with the Emperor Lemon documentary about HBox? Yes, I am. Are you also aware of the fact that that video has over 4 million views? It's like 4.6. I think I saw it when I was at like 3, but yeah, I'm aware it popped off. Exactly, and I think they're are a few reasons for this. Do you want me to take a stab at it first and then you can infuse your expertise onto it? Or would you like to take a shot at it first? Um, actually, I, I do want to hear what your, your opinions are. Okay, so the big thing is, and I discovered this afterwards because that was the first Amp Lemon video that I watched. But when you go, hey, this is a really awesome video. I wonder if there's more content like this when you're really interested in a new YouTuber that you find. In Amp Lemon's case, I saw, okay, this is in a series of there will never ever be X, Y, Z. And there was the first one was there will never ever be another show like SpongeBob, that kind of thing. So I mm-hmm. said, okay, there's history and there's crossover. So he'd be pulling fans, either the casual or the super fans of a particular fandom, of a particular show or subject, interest, hobby, whatever also did one about Dale Earnhardt and that was a very compelling story all of a sudden I thought I was a NASCAR fan for about 30 minutes after that video was done after I was done watching that and so I thought okay so there's a there's the crossover thing by the time he gets to the 
video about Hungrybox, which is a full-blown documentary. It's almost an hour and a half, hour and 45, somewhere in there. So I think part of that is the fact that Amp Lemon had been multi-dipping or going into different sections of the internet. But it also has to do with how that video was very sneakily, <laughs> and maybe you would think that it wasn't sneaky so much as really loud and in your face, but it was also a compelling video about Hungrybox as a player, Jigglypuff as a character, and Melee as a culture and a game and a community. It was providing commentary on how people perceive players, characters, the sick list, the tier list, and most importantly, Hungrybox being in the center of it all, saying, here's Hungrybox's story, and here's why you should care about it. At the very end of the video, tying all the themes that he sort of underwrote into each section of the documentary, but putting it all together to the end, if you were paying attention the whole time, you'd be going, whoa, 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 because that's what I did the first time I saw it. I was very interested in watching it, so I was kind of paying attention, as you would hope one does, but it doesn't always happen, and I'm hearing all these things coming together that I had been hearing and watching for the past hour and going, wow, that's a lot of, that's a lot of connections. And just a smidge of controversy as well. Controversy will drive just about anything, as you know. So those are my thoughts. Um, I a hundred percent agree with everything you just said. Um, other things, I think there will never ever be like that as a series, as a title is super strong in the sense of it kind of, even if you haven't heard of Melee or whatever the topic is, it kind of gives you FOMO of not watching it. Like, oh, there if there's never going to be another player like HBox, it's like, I want to know who this person is. Like, I want to know, I want to be in the know. Um, so you kind of get fear of missing out on not on not knowing. So I think the title in itself is super strong um, in the sense of it's catered towards like what you were saying and inside and outside audience. If you're in the know, you want it, you kind of like want to hear it. And if you're not in the know, you're like, I want to be in the know now. Um, so just title wise, I think it's super strong. Obviously, the body of work is super important. And like you said, um, just looking at the channel, there's a lot of variety-esque content in that vein um like i also saw the youtube thumbnail metagame obviously that's targeted towards me but i thought that one was like super interesting um all the videos are really high quality and just in terms of structuring i think that i and i haven't seen in a long time but the way that i think the way that you structure a video is based on you not only do you have to have like a good title and thumbnail and all that and like decent content but how the content is structured is also kind of how your audience is going to it matters like that it's catered towards that audience so um like my golden rule that i always say is like tell them what you're going to tell them tell them what you told them and then remind remind them at the end what you told them and so then at the end it's kind of like what you were saying where you're like oh you see all these connections um it kind of makes that video like oh wow i did learn a lot that kind of like effect on someone 
Um, but that's more of a personal structuring thing for me mentally and less of like, I'm not going to say like, that's the only way to do it. I just think that for that kind of audience, um, that kind of structuring, I think goes super well. And I think that he's really good at seamlessly structuring a video. Yeah. So good for Amp Lemon. But you also said something that my, my mom says, actually, especially when we were all homeschooled as kids, she would be helping us write essays, type out essays. I was in the typing gang for sure. But she would say to me, if you're writing a research paper, you need to tell me what you're going to tell me, tell me it, and then tell me again at the end. (laughs) I'm like, this seems like a lot of telling people stuff and I don't know how I feel about it, but she's like, you're, it's a research paper. You need to give someone a reason to read this aside from spouting a bunch of facts. You need to spin a little bit of a narrative and make it compelling. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? <laughs> and for the record, my mom is a fantastic teacher. Those are the sort of things that make me look back and go, oh, okay. So that actually was very helpful and and made it more fun to write because I had another reason to do it aside from the fact that it was schoolwork was also to prove a point. So that is very interesting that you said that yourself. So I think we can move past the hungry box video and then talk about maybe perhaps another video that's been on your mind more recently because like you said, you would have seen the Hungrybox doc a while back. So you named a couple of things earlier. You could either talk about one of those videos in a little bit more detail and maybe offer your opinions on it, or you can pick any recent video that you've seen. Okay, I'm definitely going to go with the Cosmic Variety Hour, um, Why You Should Play Fighting Games. Um, Let me make sure that's the actual title. Yes, Why You Should Play fighting games and how i will i will send this to you um, yes. just so you know yeah uh, I, but it's I, by, i'll put it on the watch later list yeah it's on uh the cosmic variety hour it has like a million and a half views and it's basically going through this story of how the the guy who has the channel um how he got into fighting games why it was interesting to him like he he introed it with basically hey i'm not i wasn't super into fighting games i thought fighting games were not for me so that way anyone who's not into fighting games is kind of like oh i can relate to that um so if i want to send that to my friends who don't play fighting games which i do um it kind of makes it so it's like okay he's kind of validating how i feel right now and then he goes into how he started to fall in love with fighting games and why and then also just the journey of like oh i saw my first tournament and i saw things people doing things with a character that i didn't like i'd never seen before and it's not that they were hard i just didn't even know those things existed and then he goes to like the narratives that are formed in fighting games and like being in part of the community and he basically just does a really beautiful job explaining one he says straight up like these are the arguments people have about why they don't want to get into fighting games and i'll address them and also just his journey of like hey i didn't think i'd be into fighting games either and now i love them and this is why so hopefully i can do that for you today um and he just has some like really beautiful examples um 
it's actually really funny. He said fighting games aren't that hard, and then he he's like, except for melee. Melee is an exception. Melee is actually really hard. Um, <laughs> well, he's not wrong. This yeah. actually makes me think about melee in general when you're talking about fighting games, because that's what I immediately relate to first. But I'm trying to think along the lines of how commentators present melee to the twitch masses as you know people who go and watch melee on twitch more often than not are definitely trying to find melee on twitch and watch it and have seen tournaments before have done all that stuff and what will amount to maybe perhaps 10,000 viewers but when there are 50,000 viewers when there are a hundred thousand viewers Chances are a lot of that has to do with maybe perhaps Ludwig in the online era. Whenever Ludwig has a tournament on stream, that just automatically boosts it up by 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 views or concurrent viewers across all the places that the tournament in question is being streamed. And so then the commentators have a really big job of how to present Melee. And you can't always, in every single set, every single game, and every single stock talk about now some of you may be watching this and may be thinking I don't really understand what's happening here well you see when the character flies off the stage you can't do that but there are some people some people and <laughs> oh this is gonna be fun there are some people who say yeah I want the commentators to know what they're actually talking about and get the specifics of the game as the game is happening and then there are other people who are like I just love jokes and I sort of fall in the middle. I'm not usually the kind of person to be super strong into one camp in in the realm of melee. I feel like I'm opinionated in other spots of my life, but in melee, I like to see a balance of both. So with commentary, and this is this is diverting off of YouTube marketing, but in commentary, in your estimation, what do you think is the best balance of uh, presenting the game to people who are watching it as it's streamed live? Honestly, this is going to be like pr probably a more mild take, but I really think that's more tournament dependent than it is a general rule. So there might be smaller tournaments or more niche tournaments that I think should be more catered towards diehard fans, like people who are watching it who are already interested in melee um, and want more like grainy in-depth details, I guess would be the right word. Like instead of trying to get an audience at the beginning of the funnel, you're already trying to like, they're already exist. But if you're talking about like an Evo or a tournament, like on a bigger scale where you know, there are going to be newcomers watching. Um, then I think that, it should be more catered towards an overall audience um that that that's just in towards like who is catering in terms of like actual commentary style i think that's really tough like i think it really depends on the commentary duo and what they do well and what they don't and also like there there are probably people who can explain things like get into the nitty-gritty let's say they already have a professional play and they can explain really in-depth concepts um that's great if they can explain it that but sometimes knowing in-depth concepts doesn't necessarily translate to be able to to communicate that to an audience who doesn't know that um so i think it's really commentator dependent 
and like commentator duo dependent. I don't really think there is a, a black and white, like all, all like one size fits all answer. And I think that's kind of like the cool part about having different uh, commentator duos and different commentators is that everybody brings their own thing. And then hopefully, I, I really feel like that's more on the TOs to decide what type of style they want for the event and less for the overall community. Unless the overall community is like way too heavy on one side. Sure. If there were, for example, a commentator who was popular with a small but influential group and then there's this really loud and slightly less influential group who are going get this person out of here or what have you but I I don't think it's necessarily that in melee but now that makes me think about by the way good response I you know I'm I'm with you on what you're saying now I think about in the bigger online events and we're obviously talking about SCL Summit Champions League that is the big event of melee online tournaments they have a fairly consistent group of people who commentate those games and those sets so I think that answers the question that I have but for smaller tournaments that maybe occasionally cycle commentators in and out do you think that is a good thing for the diehards who are tuning in to have a different voice that they hear that's enough variety for them or do you like the idea of even smaller tournaments aiming to have the same people over and over again because those events are a thing but i also think that there's some smaller ish melee events that do cycle in different people in and out um i think it it, it depends like I, Walt was commentating a tournament a few weeks ago that I was tuning into because Walt's in it. Um, Let's go Walt in front of the program. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I like to check. I like to watch things that people I work with are participating in. Um, and he and it was such an interesting commentator task. So the, it was a local tournament that moved to online play. So the commentators were locals, like they were the people who were commentating in the local tournaments, I guess. And it was so it was so casual, but it was so much fun. It was one of the most entertaining tournament streams I've ever seen. Also, like the sets were kind of crazy too, but like people were drinking. It was like there's inside jokes and like people were just kind of like joking around. Um, and it felt so cool and it clearly like these were people that obviously like they took their local tournament and then just transferred it online but they were like so comfortable and so laid back that as a viewer I'd never really seen that commentating style before and it was I was just like interested to watch just off of like the banter from the commentators like it just felt really cool Um, and I think they do use the same set of commentators every time um besides getting some guest commentators like walt was a guest that time um but i thought it was super cool and if i can find the name of that tournament series i'll definitely i'll I'll send it to you um but that was kind of an example of like wow i'd never seen such like casual laid-back commentary uh and it be so like i didn't learn anything really about melee that much but it was so entertaining to watch just all this 
all this stuff go on? Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it does. No, I, I like the direction that you went with it. So how much interest do you have in learning more things about melee? Or would you say that in terms of what you're trying to do with your life, that you know just about everything you need to about melee, the game itself, and not necessarily need to understand any more advanced tactics or ad really advanced parts of the game? Because you know what wave dashing is, but do you say to yourself, oh, I want to learn more about melee? Or do you say, I'll, I'll pick it up eventually and I'm not in a hurry to do it? I want to learn more about melee, and I am, because I, I have started playing melee, so Ooh. just for my own sake. Yeah, it's I've, I started playing a few months ago. So, um, and it is definitely, like, I definitely am glad I did it. Just I was surrounded by melee, so I felt like I really had no choice. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like, all right, I have to play this game now. Um, and it, it is amazing. Also, it's good to know that just the perspective of someone who's coming into the game. So I wanted to do that for myself. Um, and like one example is I now when I watch tournaments, it's like, oh, okay, I can see that that guy like tech that landing or like is wave dashing. Like, I, I feel like I understand a pretty decent amount of, of the game now, not nearly like top player status or even like mid tier player status but enough to understand what I'm watching on the screen, at least in the sense of like, there might be something that I don't know how they did that, but I know that they did a thing. Um, I'm actually f afraid that if I go, there'll be a point where if I go too deep into it, that I will lose that some of the outsider perspective that so that we're, we will see how that goes because um, I think there's a lot of benefits from not being too too in the scene um, just in terms of like marketing and not being within a bubble making sure that I like stay outside the bubble um, but I'm probably going to push forward anyway because I want to because I like melee um, so we'll see how that goes I was actually talking to JDMH about that the other day um, about like getting too like there are definitely downsides to being like too ingrained and, and engulfed by everything so that is a fear of mine but if that even if that happens it would take me like a few years to get there like melee is so deep that i don't think that that's a concern i'd have to have anytime soon right there are a lot of things happening and i was sharing with you how I, even despite the fact that I'm doing a podcast and trying to get in the know, there are just many th new things that I seem to learn on a daily basis. So <laughs> you're, you're right in saying that it'll take a little while, but even the same, the, you know more as each day progresses. And you said that you really like playing the game even after the first, I feel like a few months might go by and someone will say, oh, either I'm not doing this right and I need to figure out how to do it right or they're just having a blast playing and they continue to just play and have fun and they're learning how to do things better and it's organic and that sort of thing. But then there's also the working mind or, or paralysis by analysis mind where they go, okay, I've been playing for a few months, but I still kind of suck or I suck a lot. So is this a good use of my time? And that. I feel like, not to boil it down, but that's, kind of the two camps that I see a newer player entering into 
but if I'm understanding you correctly, it sounds like you're in the first camp where you're you're really having fun and you're finding new things to go, oh wow, that's cool. Woo, I love melee. What would you what would you actually describe yourself as though? Well, there there are definitely two sides of it, which is one, um, I play mainly against one of my friends who is also pretty much at my skill level. Um, so we're both beginners. Um, and it, it's really interesting. It's a really unfair matchup. I play Sheik and he plays Ganon, but oh, it's still... wow. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> like the character advantage hasn't... Like there... We, we haven't pushed the ceiling enough where there, the character advantage is insane. Like he was beating me for a few weeks in a row and now I'm beating him again. Um, but I think melee is definitely in a place where it's harder to get that paralysis by analysis in a way, just because it's there are more obvious things to work on and see the improvement whereas in a game like league of legends or even valorant it's really hard to see the actual physical improvement besides on the scoreboard but even if i'm playing someone in melee and i'm getting my ass kicked it's like i can also tell like oh my my movement has is a little bit better than it was before or this like little thing that I learned is coming in handy there. And there's always those things that you can like physically see you get better at. Whereas in other games, I think it's a lot less, it's a lot harder to see those small victories. And then there's also the aspect of, um, Hmm. I, I think it's kind of like rocket league in that sense too. Like Rocket League, the other game that I mainly play is Rocket League. And that's a game where you can also like really physically see that you're getting better opposed to just kind of recognizing you're getting better because your stats are getting higher. It's really like, okay, I'm actually able to control my character better or I actually have this skill to learn. And I I think that for me, I'm not at that point yet to run into the analysis by paralysis thing because there are different things I can work on where normally if I get analysis by paralysis, it's like, okay, like what should I be working on? Like, what about this? What about that? Um, Where I'm not really in it to be a a big competitor. I'm really here because I, I find it fun and I like learning the game. Um, and so if I decided to be like a really big competitor, I think that might change. But at the moment, I'm really here just to like get better and improve at the game and kind of like explore how the game evolves as I get better as well. And I think that's another thing that Melee and Rocket League both have going for it is as you get better, the way that you view and the perspective that you have on the game changes and evolves with it which is why i want to play and also why i'm scared of going too deep because i know that my perspective on the game is going to change as i get better at the game but you're not necessarily scared of saying uh marth and fox are it's it's 60 40 or whatever you're you're scared of just not a you're not able to get a bird's eye view of the entire melee sphere anymore you're just 
too far in the weeds, if you will. Exactly. That is interesting that you're thinking to yourself, I, I want to go in, but I also am nervous about getting in too far because it almost seems like you're on that, that spiral now. And I'm only saying that because you're, you're finding value. You're finding value in going through that process because it's not just about what's the perspective of someone who hears about melee for the first time. and What's that like? And thinking about that, that person is not going to have to hear about melee once they'll have to hear about it several times, many times probably before they even get to the point of checking out a melee video. And then they'll have to see more than one to again, go further down the funnel the literal funnel the one that we've all been memeing about for about a month now <laughs> mm -hmm. so do you are you just saying i can find things to think about and learn about and and analyze for myself and go over in my own head of this part of the funnel now now i can think about what this is like because i'm going through that literally i'm going through that experience for myself now Yes, um, but the main thing is that I, the way that I like to market things is I like to market things towards people who, like my goal is for someone who isn't interested in the topic to get interested. Like that is just my marketing style. Um, and for instance, I got my 50 year old manager at work who never watched anime or knew what it was to get like hooked on anime. I've done that with like literally 15 people, like people who would never like anime. I'd figure out a show that they would like. I'd be like, watch this. And then they got into anime. And these are people you'd never expect to watch anime. Um, so I love getting people into the funnel in the first place. And I'm very aware of like a lot of different barriers that people can have to getting into funnels and I'm a little not worried about that just because I've been able to do that like for anime or skateboarding um, well I'm like very ingrained in those things but I can still see the perspective of a newcomer um, but as a newcomer now in melee there are definitely times where I'll see takes and it's very clear that this is good for a certain part of the funnel, but they're not taking into account like getting new players in or like marketing towards growth and not just like, like there, I I'm very confident in the melee community to be able to provide for the other parts of the funnel. But, but I'm, they're the gap is the, yeah, the gap is at the top. <laughs> and you could you can make an argument for each part of this uh, funnel if you will being the oh this is the most important part it all sort of needs to support each other but if you're if you're focusing too far on one single part of it then yeah you're going to lose the other thing the other, sorry the other the rest of the funnel so i think about how some people have different gifts Yours, for example, is about how you can get someone who's not interested in something to become interested in it. I love that perspective. The thing is, though, from my own perspective, I, I like showing people new things and I like to see them go from, oh, OK. And then two weeks later, they're like this my jam. I'm like, OK, cool. That's awesome. But like, I don't think that I'm fueled by that as much as you are. So there's a difference between you and me. And then if you multiply that across an entire gaming community, that is melee. I would what I would hope to see 
are people who have interest in a certain part of the funnel, but what is probably the heart of that is that how many people are interested in interacting with the newbies and the people who are not actually into Melee yet? Because how are you supposed to talk about the dock if they don't know what the dock is? You're, you're talking to someone who has been grown up on Fortnite or Minecraft or any of the other really, really popular games. I guess Valorant, Rocket League. You get it. Cross, cross all games. And you could even even try with someone who doesn't like video games, period. I have this experience when I talk to my coworkers about the fact that I have a podcast. And they're like, what's it about? Oh, it's about gaming. And they're like, oh, what games? And I'm like, oh, well, it's really about the one game that was made in 2001. Yeah, it's a really big community, I promise. It's so fun to, <laughs> it's fun to have those conversations. But I think that is what Melee does seem to struggle with the most are we really passionate about trying to get more people into the game? Are there people within Melee who are specifically focusing on the outsiders and converting them to becoming <laughs> Melee disciples? <laughs> I, I mean, there, there are so many different ways you can do that without, I think, sacrificing the integrity of other things. Um, I, for example, your podcast, um, could be a good example in the sense of just people talking about how the game has affected them. Like they might not be able to understand Smash, but they might be able to understand like, hey, there, there's this is a really tight, uh, like a really tight knit community. Um, it emotionally helps me practice something and practice improving and getting better every day it helps me meet people around the world that i never thought i would meet um it's really satisfying to try something over and over again and practice and then finally it clicks um there's that the wannabes the the whole like journey and like how melee affects their normal lives i think that's a little bit that's hard to explain where in the funnel that is. It depends on the podcast episode, I guess. Um, but like, there are definitely things that you can do that you don't necessarily have to like just explain the game to people it, as much as explain what what can people relate to about this hobby. Like, there might be. I, I'm assuming you don't uh, skateboard, but I could probably tell you about me skateboarding and you might not be like oh i want to skateboard but you might be able to understand why that community is so unique and so um like what it gives to me as a human being a part of that community or being a part of that culture so i don't necessarily think it has to be like trying to get people interested or like wanting to play the game um, as much as it is saying why we play the game, what it fulfills in us, either emotionally or intellectually. Um, and that's going to be different for everybody, which is good because you're going to have a variety of responses for a variety of different personalities. And like, I think Walt's a really good example of that too. Um, and it's something that we've worked on with his channel, which is really like, how can we make this a video that if you're really into the melee community, you'll really appreciate it. But if you don't 
um, if you've never heard about Melee, you'll still be interested in the story. Um, and I think that's something that you don't necessarily have to put on as much kid gloves as you think you do. Um, as long as, I mean, in some cases you can, but I, I don't think that's the only option. I think it's also how you talk about the game. How, what can you say that other people, they might not be able to relate to melee, but there might be pieces of melee that they can relate to in their own lives. Like, oh, that like melee is a lot like skateboarding um in just for reference right so there are tons of things where if i see something like in melee i just see a lot of parallels so if i was going to try to get someone who skates into melee i have a lot of like things i could say that it's like oh that's like this that's like that um and so i i think it's just different but i don't necessarily think that people should sacrifice the rest of the funnel as much as um i i there there are worlds where you can satisfy multiple parts of the funnel at once without giving up the integrity of melee like obviously if you're going to do tutorials and stuff like that you might want to dumb it down but there are parts of just explaining hey this is why this is awesome i think that satisfies satisfies the entire funnel and that actually relates back to a video like Emperor Emperor Lemon's video, Lemon's Emperor Lemon's video on Hungrybox or the documentary I'm referring to the Smash Brothers documentary uh, in particular. So, and there's a, a countless other videos. Let, oh, Apex 2015. Walt did a fantastic job of making that. Like for me, who a person who was not there, I'm very interested in melee, but I was very interested while watching the video. I was engaged, but I also saw how it sort of started from the ground up with establishing the scene, establishing the time, the context, and I thought this would be just another long in another long line of videos that would be great to show to someone who's never seen melee before. This would be a good video for them to watch. So you probably had a hand in in that at least somewhat since you do partner up with turn down for Walt so kudos to you as well for however you helped out with that particular video that is probably a good segment into my question of how did you come to start working with a few of the content creators within melee how did that start because like you said, Melee kind of came in after the YouTube marketing thing. So why not something in Overwatch or in Rocket League? Okay, well, Melee was definitely... I was learning. I was, like I felt like my knowledge base on YouTube marketing was pretty high at the time um, because I was just interested in marketing. And also, I did have my own YouTube channel when I was like 15. Um Call of Duty on the Wii commentaries. What up? Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so, but actually what ended up happening was I wanted to work for Evil Geniuses um, for their league, for their um, League of Legends like thing. Well, it could have been for any part of their esports organizations, but I thought they had a really interesting brand where they had like the whole villain thing going on and that identity. And I thought there was really interesting ways they could leverage that. So I wanted to make a 
uh, video resume, basically, I saw a video from 100 Thieves, like their president was like, instead of giving a resume, just send an email or a response saying like, these are the problems you have, these are how I would solve them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I was, I wanted to make a video saying, Hey, these are like basically give out, giving out examples on things I thought they could do with their brand. Um, and I hit up Walt or turned down for Walt to edit that for me. This was when he was at like 30 K subs. Like this is JV five. He had never done like any full documentary really, um, era. So probably like a month and or a year and three months last February. So a year and three or four months. Um, I hit him up and I was like, Hey, I will commission you. Can you edit this for me? Cause I also realized he was just a super sick editor and I didn't have the, I wanted it to look really professional. Um, and he was like, sure. And he actually just said he would do it for free. Cause it didn't, it wouldn't be a ton of work for him. Um, which was, I was like, wow, I really hyped for that. Cause I was very prepared to pay him for this. Um, and then after he edited that video, um, he, there were parts of that video where he was like, Hey, can you go more into this topic or that topic? Because I've been, this is something that I've been trying to work on. Um, and then since that I've been working with Walt, um, and a lot of it was just either titling stuff or how to position yourself. Um, like a lot of, for Walt, it's it's a lot of different things. But I, I even used him as an example of that ability to explain something in a very complex way, but make it relatable to people who have never played the game. Because at that time, it was I saw one of his frame datas, and I wasn't into Melee like that. I saw the doc but a few years ago, but that was it. And so when I saw he he showed me the complexity of the game in a way that I could understand it and I didn't think that he realized he had that strength so a lot of that was like either doubling down on that strength some like title stuff um etc cetera, etc cetera. and then through him I was basically like hey this is my first time getting actual any real experience. So I'm not going to charge you anything for this. Um, you'll probably be the only person who I don't actually charge because I do need to officially, I do want to transition this into a career. Uh, and then I started working with Walt and things started really, really working out. Um, and then he thought he liked what I was doing. And then he basically just recommended me out to other people. And since then that's, I started working with the wannabes and there are individuals who I've helped more on a like individual basis. Like I'm not going to charge you for this, but like, here are some things I think you could do. And then in the future, if this works out, maybe we could have like an official thing going on. Um, so it was really Walt. He, he really like, he really, he was also like the first person to like actually believed in me in that way. Cause I had a lot of self doubt issues at the time. Um, and so seeing 
some of the changes like there are some specific things like um taking frame data out of like frame data episode five like taking those numbers out of the titles and like immediately seeing better results like that really boosted my confidence but also like walt is like not to geek out too much but like walt is actually just like a genuinely good friend um like he definitely believed in me in situations when i had a lot of self-doubt um and even to this day like if there's an i'll pitch him an idea and if he thinks it's bad he'll tell me but there are a lot of times where i'm like i don't know about this and he's like no this is good We're, we're using this um and like just behind the scenes especially now that i've been like working with walt for like a year and a half like walt is like as good as he is as a content creator he is probably a better even he's an even better friend like just as a human being so a lot of that credit goes to walt just because like he has supported me a lot like and helped me more believe in myself in that regard it's those kind of friendships that just make you go oh that's that's really really cool to hear the best way that i can sort of summarize what you were what you have been saying here is that you have that potential inside of you and i relate to the self-doubting where it's like am i actually good at something or do i deserve to be here in the first place am i underqualified all those kind of things uh, i do relate to that and what's really cool is that because of the power of friendship you were able to get enough of a confidence boost with the help of that person and you know other things as well it's not like (laughs) i'm picturing you with like i don't know a bunch of walt emotes lifting you up and that's not necessarily true you you did a lot of heavy lifting yourself i want to give you credit but hearing that support that you had that's so cool it it really helps to it really helps to just put it all together in my brain of, of a, how awesome Walt is, but also just like for, for hearing your story of going, there's different things that you've done in your life and maybe they're okay. And for a job to do pay the bills and such, but that you have a long-term goal of being able to help other people share their stories, share their passion for, for for anything it doesn't have to be specifically melee but i just love that melee has been a really big part of that journey for you in how you have started to become more confident in yes i am good at this whole youtube marketing thing the things that i recommend more often than not hit it out of the park all that kind of stuff it's really really cool to hear ventus well i mean it's definitely a part of it is like I always tell people I'm I am like if they're in League of Legends term terms I'm like blue buff which if you don't play League of Legends it's like if you're playing you can get like a thing that basically boosts your stats um so I'll kind of like help people I'll be like I'll buff people but like the content creators themselves are always the ones that are like carrying the production and I always think that it's creative integrity is always first and foremost um so like and then marketing to make whatever the creative integrity thing is the creation interesting to other people 
is the secondary part. Um, and so as far as Walt goes, um, I mean, I think that it, some, it's somewhat of a two-way street. And I think in the terms of like, Walt will often be like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? And I'll be like, yes, yes, no. Um, and I'll like explain my line of reasoning. So I, I think a lot of it is also, I really got lucky with personality types. Like we work really well together, like just the type of people we are. And then also working with the wannabes specifically um, has been so helpful, like mentally, mental health wise, um, because we all have ADHD. And so Walt is kind of like, he's a hard worker he like he's kind of like very fiery and consistent whereas the wannabes we literally all have adhd um but that has actually been super fulfilling in the sense of like i relate more to that style of motivation and it's just been very like validating a very validating experience and like all of us bringing out the best of each other um, so not also besides, well, I really do want to give a big shout out to, um, Will and JD or Wasabi and JD, because like, I, I think I've gotten really lucky with the people that I've worked with, honestly, because like both Walt and I have a very, like, we're opposites in a lot of ways, but we're very like supportive. We can support each other in different areas. Um, in the sense of like Walt will be like oh is this good is that good like should I be what do you think about this and I'll be like yes yes send it like like you're overthinking this part but I also get into those cycles too and so Walt will often like or I can send Walt a hundred ideas and he'll be able to be like all right these 10 are golden and like these 90 are like I'm not feeling it with the wannabes it's like it's it's such a different dynamic but it's so but in it also like in an equally good way where we all kind of have an idea of how we work and like it's just very validating to work with the wannabes because they're like jesse jd is super creative he's like literally the antithesis antithesis however you say it uh, antithesis of an entertainer um, like he is just like a natural born entertainer and he's really good at that and he can have fun with it and he has all these creative ideas and he kind of he understands marketing from like an entertainment idea like perspective and will also goes on those like creative routes but he goes more from it on a like educational creative route um, perspective and like just we all kind of like go through these cycles of diving into these holes and it's like honestly really it's the people that i've been lucky enough to work around and so far i've not been disappointed by the melee community um so maybe that's also junebug shout out to him i haven't really worked a lot with him personally i've talked to him but he is also just like such a nice guy um like there are so many people who I could shout out that are just like super supportive. Also Sam from golden guardians, shout out to him. Um, 
Yeah. Now I'm just giving shout outs, but I feel like it's, it's important to me because there's so it's not just like me against the world. And I'm really lucky to be able to work on like all these completely different projects, but like are also like all equally entertaining and important have their own different voices. And I think that's, what's honestly fun about doing the work that I do is like being able to work on all these projects that are so different, but so similar to each other. I loved hearing all the shout outs that you were giving. There's no shame in it. And I wanted to just take an extra second to, and when I get to talk about it, talk about how much I love the wannabes podcast and listening to JD and Wasabi talking about life and how melee fits into that and the mentality stuff, the emotions, they are so willing to be honest with each other and be honest with the listeners. And as a loyal listener of the wannabes pod since January, it's been so much fun to be on the journey with them because I can, I can, I can just hear that development as these weeks go by and hearing the stories, how the weeks have been going for them individually and together as a podcasting duo co-hosts of the wannabes jd and wasabi are super cool and there's not really a whole lot left that i wanted to ask you about if i think of something between now and the time that we wrap up i'll squeeze it in but aside from the shout outs that you've already made i would love it if you would offer any closing thoughts that you have as well as telling the people where they can find you Hmm. okay so clothing closing thoughts um Go check out the Wannabes podcast. Uh, I'm going to market it here. Um, it's really good. It's I'm one of my, I really want to get that more viewers. Like that is, it's really important because it is such a unique story. If you haven't listened to the Wannabes podcast, um, it's literally about Will and JD. They're very real with each other, just authentic and kind of their journey to trying to become like really good at melee and also figure out life. Um, and there's a lot of different arcs in that. Like Will just got a job, um, but he lost his job earlier this year and then he got it and then got laid off. And then that also gave him time to practice melee and grind and switching to box. And then Jesse got, he like really came to his own, like figuring out that he was diagnosed with um, ADHD and you kind of like see these like actual like real life hurdles that I think a lot of people deal with in their life but people don't like talk about and they're just so open with each other and they're very similar and opposite at the same time so it's it's just such a it's so underrated it is such an underrated podcast so please go check out the wannabes um, also go check out turn down for Walt merch um, my actual the friend who helped make ventus official our clothing brand he was the one who helped with the designs um other waltz they're both engineers so it can be confusing um <laughs> but he, he yeah he helped out a lot with um he helped out with the design so it was nice like to b bring him in the fold so please go check out the merch for 
um, turned down for Walt. Like, I, also, if you guys don't know, Walt literally has a full-time job and he's cranking out these documentaries and like this high quality content all the time. It's not like he's like just doing this. He's literally balancing this off of a full-time job and doing it for fun um, and for the community. And so if you guys want to support, please check out his, um, please, please check out the merch. There should be new stuff coming soon. Um, and there's also a Patreon. Um, and also shout out to you for this podcast. It's been super interesting following along, like how things are going and you definitely have the very consistent picking up guests who all kinds, I I'm pretty certain you're just going to like get the entire melee scene at one time. Um, and I could go into detail on some of the marketing strategy that I think you're pulling off that I think is super effective, um, whether you know it or not. But I think this podcast has also just been really filling a niche that hasn't existed in all the, the different podcasts. Um, also, shout out to JDMH because he's super cool. And I think a lot of his marketing takes are on point. Yes, and oh. JDMH, friend of the program, we got to talk about some marketing stuff in an earlier episode. So if you just look up JDMH and Cypher003 or Bottom of the Smash Mountain, you will find it. Don't worry. And I wanted to thank you for coming on again, Ventus, because you have a lot of things that you have going on yourself. You're not just sitting at home trying to figure out, okay, who can I be working with and helping them grow while also helping myself out in, in the in the paying the bills category. You work as well. The the outside of the realm of what you want to be doing type kind of job. So wanted to give you a shout out to say you are working as hard as you can to make everything work, make the dream work as well. It's really cool to see that there's more than one way to succeed in the context of video games or YouTube and that kind of thing. It, it may not be where you have to be camera facing and be the voice of something, something or the face of something. You can just be someone that helps them along the way. And it's been really interesting to me to be able to talk to people who are facilitating melee events to happen like TOs, people who are less known across the entire community but are very important in their local scene where it all eventually creates a beautiful picture the entire canvas of melee everybody has a really important part of that and even if you say to yourself i want to try to be semi outside of the melee community in 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 some ways not not in all ways but in some ways that is true but your 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 stamp your contribution to that canvas is still very important and i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with you the people that you work with and where you go next very excited ventus so once again thank you for coming on to bottom of smash mountain oh actually can i have one last clothing cl closing thought no absolutely not no i'm kidding yes please take it away um so this is something that i realized in case there are people who want to do create content or marketing um, after I did get over my hurdle of self-doubt, I kind of came to the realization that it's not that I really know what, like, I know everything. I just kind of came to the realization that most, like, nobody really does know what they're doing. Um, 
and there's so much that is not known than is known at least in terms of like the content and youtube space um and so i think that it might be important for people to know like it's not that once you get over the imposter syndrome it really isn't like oh my gosh i know everything it's really that you just realize that everybody else is winging it and like you might be a bit ahead like not not to sound too cocky but there are definitely like things where i'm very confident in certain areas and i would see other people and i'd be like but am i like super sure about this et cetera, et cetera. and it's like yeah you like i you don't know everything um and you can learn from everybody there will be people who I still learn from, even though I'm really confident now in what I do, I'm still like there, I'm still learning from like all these different types of people. I just think that, um, no one actually really knows what they're doing. It's kind of like going into adulthood. You just realize that everybody is winging it to some extent and just being comfortable in that state. Tell them Ventus, tell them. Oh, that was awesome. That was so cool. Yeah, I basically am ahead of the curve. You're like the Joker from The Dark Knight. Now, of course, hopefully you're not uh, murdering innocent people or anything, but that's what that reminded me of just now, I have to say, and that's a fantastic movie. Now I want to go watch that. Oh, no. I can't watch it for the millionth time. I can't do it. Not until the end of the year. When I really like a movie, I try to force myself to only watch it once a year. Otherwise, I'm in danger of watching it multiple times. Okay. <laughs> I think that's I think that's all I got. But Ventus, thank you so much for coming on. Anytime. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right. Transition. Made it through yet another interview. Thank you so much for sticking with me and with Ventus. We had a great time talking about, well, a bunch of different things. We didn't just do the marketing thing. We also talked about what commentators ought to be doing when talking about Melee to the masses, to the Twitch mash. So, <laughs> so I think that it was a fun conversation. I was tripping over my words last night when we were interviewing. I'm tripping over my words this morning. But if you are a regular listener of this podcast, you just know that I trip over my words in general. Why do I have a podcast? So let's talk about a few things before we get going here. What's on the docket for today? The one thing that's coming to mind is that I think I have officially gotten over my SCL hangover. I had a little bit of a feeling of, oh no, where's the good melee going to go kind of a feeling, but melee needs a little bit of a break in terms of events like SCL. If you had SCL every weekend of the year, first of all, wow, that would be what what a slog for the people directly involved, like the players, like the staff, like everybody, and even, even, even the Twitch viewers. <laughs> although that's the least of the concerns probably or is it Ooh, see i'm starting to Ooh, i'm starting to overthink this okay let's stop overthinking the point is can you have something like summit champions league every weekend of the year no you cannot because it goes along the lines of what good old syndrome said in the incredibles when everyone's super no one will be and I think that applies to melee. I think that applies to everything. Why do you, why do you think that football, as in National Football League, why do you think they take like a six or seventh month break from having games on the telly 
for one thing, it's for quote unquote player safety and to have a proper off season. But they also know that games are special, and when they're on, it commands the focus of TV viewers, it commands the focus of the internet. Even on Twitter, where you think that there wouldn't be a ton, a ton of individuals who are like, yeah, sports, I'm going to tweet about sports, but there are a lot of them. On a on a Sunday during the NFL season, that's all you're going to see under trending, so just something to think about as a non-football enjoyer that you may or may not be as the listener, the NFL kind of dominates. So even they take breaks. It's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Uh, Me personally, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so go Eagles, even if it's not looking hot right now. (laughs) I'm actually going to eventually need to talk to my good friend, Joel Espenshade, friend of the program who has been on before, but maybe some of you haven't gone back to season one to listen to some of those episodes. Not that you have to, but if you want to, I'm not going to tell you not to. Joel has been on this podcast before to talk to me about football, so we're going to have to do that again at some point. The other thing I would like to share with you today is that I did get my first vaccine dosage shot. I I got stabby stabbed with a needle the first round of that on Saturday, this past Saturday. And today's Wednesday, so I'm still feeling fine. I felt really tired afterwards, but that also could be because I work a lot. I have a very full-time job. So when I get to the weekend, sometimes I crash pretty hard. Anyway, the point is, is that I got through that and then I'm going to be getting my second shot here in the beginning of June. And then after that, I should be allegedly able to go out and not endanger other people or endanger myself, the priority being other people, of course. So that's where we're at with me and vaccine stuff. I just want to take a moment to say that through all the things in quarantine, it has been a blessing overall where me and my family are specifically while understanding that there are a lot of families, there are a lot of individuals who have been way more negatively affected by the pandemic than we have. There have been things that we wouldn't have been able to, we weren't able to do. We had to be inside a lot more. We had to wear masks. We had to do our part to curb the spread of the COVID-19 virus and all that stuff. But that should just be a given, in my opinion. (laughs) Like, do your part to not spread a, a, a virus like COVID-19. So I'm, I'm thankful for where we are while also understanding the significance and, and still very real dangers of something like COVID-19. I'm thinking of this in a worldwide perspective in particular where not every country has been able to get immediate access to the vaccine as of now and so we in the united states we're very we're very blessed to be able to take shots and get those fairly quickly i feel like it was the beginning of february the end of january when we first started handing out vaccines to the the most important groups you know healthcare and all that kind of stuff and now a regular individual such as myself where, technically speaking, I wouldn't have any reason to take it other than 
to increase maximum safety stuff, but it's not like I am immunocompromised. It's not like I work in healthcare. So all the people who got the shot first, I'm glad they were able to get it ASAP. I'm glad that people like me are able to get it as well. But I am mindful of the rest of the world, the rest of even the rest of the United States, people who aren't going to take the vaccine. Obviously, if you don't because you don't want to, that's your choice. If you can't right now, my hope is that will be able to happen sometime this year or as soon as possible. So the point of all this, of my spiel on talking about COVID-19, because I don't normally make a habit out of talking about it other than in a general sense, is it means that locals are likely to return in the near future as more people get vaccinated and have their little cards to say, yep, I did that, and allow locals to happen. Actually, locals are already happening that I can see across the Twitter. So let's continue to try to be safe, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I look at the vaccine as we're going to be able to do a lot more things and not have to worry as much about the consequences of being in the same room or closer together or out and about more often. (laughs) But I also want to say that it's not giving me permission to just go hog wild crazy. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Hopefully everyone who wants it can get it worldwide. That too. All right. Well, that's all I got. I'm going to get going here. I have a busy work day ahead of me. Normally, I don't push out podcasts in the morning, but that's what we're doing today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to talking to you again for the next episode. It'll be later this week, as you hopefully are aware of by now. I'm doing this three times a week, more or less. So hope you continue to stick with me. I can't wait to talk to you all again sometime soon. We'll catch you then.